So let's, uh, let's go before the king just once more. Lord, thank you for coming and meeting with us here tonight. I can't believe you're the creator of the universe. What are you doing here? Do you know who you are? Do you know what we've done? Do you know what we've been? Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior. Speak to every single heart in here tonight, please. Help us to walk away with much. I want to hear your voice clearly. Please, Lord. We need you. We commit this night to you in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs tonight. Open your Bibles to Proverbs. We're actually going to, uh, I felt the Lord speak to me. I've been, uh, you know, feeling it on my heart for a while, but I'm just going to straight up start to teach through the Bible. I'm just going to start teaching and hopefully be done in about seven years or so, seven, eight years. Um, that's what I've estimated the time. Um, so I'm going to start in Genesis, and we're just going to start next week, and I'm just going to teach. That's right, continually through the Bible, wherever I go, it doesn't matter if I'm here or wherever, just so that um, I, because I want to get a full knowledge of the Word, and you too, I hope so, that we can do it together, that we can get a full knowledge of the Word, that we can see it through and through. And so if I see you in seven years, praise the Lord, and we got through together. If not, I'm sure it'll be on podcasts or some other crazy website that you can get a hold of it. And um, there's lots of uh, people that have obviously taught all the way through the Bible, but many that haven't, many that never get through. And so... Uh, been able to teach through quite a few books, but I'd like to just start teaching through the Bible, just all the way through, and then maybe, you know, certain things that come up, we might take a break and, and jump into other things, little topics or things that are happening in that week, like, you know, obviously last week, um, Easter Sunday, of course, and uh, our risen king, there's so much power in the risen king, wisdom, the book of Proverbs, wisdom, wisdom, what we all long for, gosh, only if I had wisdom, only if I had wisdom, then you want to know what? It'd be like, I'm 23, it'd be like a 23-year-old with a 60-year-old mind. Wisdom. I've, I've seen life. I've understood it somehow before experiencing it. Proverbs, the definition, a proverb is a brief popular statement that expresses a general truth. That's what a proverb is. It's a quick statement normally. Sometimes here within these proverbs we see uh, Solomon taking a great opportunity to be able to expound on something with, and he an entire passage to do it. But most of the time they're brief statements. They kind of just, he just spits it out. It's almost like quick quotes that just mean much. And you walk away blessed after knowing them. The Hebrew word is uh, mashal, a proverb, a parable. Um... I like sentence of ethical wisdom. You know, it can also be a poem or a par- you know, parable, like I said before. A proverb can do so much for a man. It's a bite-sized piece of, I don't know, maybe like Willy Wonka, you know, when, when, when the little girl, she eats that gum or whatever, and it's like a full-course meal or something. You know, she's chewing on it, mm, my taste. You know, what, roast beef and corn and mashed potatoes and, and pie. I don't know. But it's almost like it's something, it comes in such a quick form. It's almost like a dagger piercing your heart. The Proverbs are quick to cut because it gives you information so fast. It almost blows your mind away and then brings it back into 
character and all of a sudden you realize and you're blown away by you're just like you're impacted so greatly by such a small phrase. And Solomon, we know the wisest man to ever walk the earth, the smartest man to ever walk the earth, highest intellectual, I mean, except for Jesus, our king, of course, who could blow away the king. He created Solomon's mind. He's the one who imparted to him. You remember what happened? Solomon? Solomon being faithful unto the king, the Lord seeing that and saying, you know what? He says, I'm going to give you anything you want. Anything you want. What if you had the question posed to you? You can have anything you want. Anything. What would you ask for? Well, many people, obviously, all the riches in the world, uh, you know, or all the hottest girls they ever see, you know, or I want, uh, you know, the fattest car, you know, or, or I want an airplane, or I want, you know, 20 houses, or I want, you know, it, just bizarre things many people would ask for. I want to be smart, you know, I want it. But Solomon, unbelievable what he asked for. The perfect answer of all answers. He asked for wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom that I can discern over your people. And it was the perfect answer because what comes with wisdom? Everything. You have knowledge now to do anything. You have experience without experiencing things. And then the Lord said to him, because you have asked for wisdom and not been selfish and asked for all kinds of other crazy things, I am going to give you everything. That's right. And Solomon was the richest man. He had all the ladies. He had, I think, a thousand women. 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had all the riches, more riches than any man, past, present, and future. He had the biggest palace. He was the greatest ruler. I mean, next to King David, of course, but his father. But just an amazing man. The book of Proverbs is divided into five books. Okay, It's divided into five different sections within Proverbs. Chapters 1 through 9 is the way of wisdom by Solomon. It's just ways of wisdom. Pretty much he's just spitting it. Chapter 10 through 24 is the main collection of Proverbs of Solomon. It's the main text of this entire book. Chapters 25 through 29 is Hezekiah's collection of Solomon's Proverbs. Hezekiah, a great king, we know that he was a righteous man. Very few of all the kings of Israel, actually one righteous man. We don't see too many of them, but Hezekiah was one who feared the Lord. Then chapter 30, number 4, is the words of Arger. And chapter 31 is the words of King Lemuel, which I'd love to give you a quick description of it, but I don't know. And so... If we get to that, we will. If not, <coughs> praise the Lord. We will eventually because we're teaching the Bible. Solomon was the prodigy of the world in his day. Kings came from the ends of the earth to hear from him. Everybody came to hear from Solomon. Everybody and their mom wanted to hear from this man because he was amazing. I mean, the most knowledgeable, the most wise, but he was a young guy. He was great. He was a strapping young lad. He definitely was. He was a guest on. That's what he was. He was unbelievably beautiful. He was a very, yes, very beautiful man. Tall in stature, built well. That's right. He had it all. If any man had it, it was him. Notice at the end of his book, Ecclesiastes, he says, life is weak. Life sucks, pretty much. That's a quick uh, translation of that. And what does he say after that? Well, this is the command of man, or this is what I would say to man. Fear God and obey His commandments, for this is the duty 
of the law. This is the sum of the law. This is the sum of life. This is the sum of everything that I've possibly experienced. Me being the man who's experienced all things, this is why I say to you, fear God and obey His commands. For this is the duty of all men. And that's what He brings to us. At the end, That's what He's got to say to us. He doesn't give us quick tips on how to get rich or quick tips on how to be this or that or this or that. He says, fear God and obey His commandments. For this is what will help you to succeed. This is what will make you great in life. Solomon, of course, who's a if you want to put him into categories in this day, a scientist, political ruler, a businessman, a poet, a moralist, a preacher, he was all of them. You can find that in 1 Kings chapter 4 and chapter 9. It's a book full of wisdom, Proverbs is. Either you can apply what you hear from Proverbs or you can learn by experience. Proverbs is like an owner's manual for life. You can follow it and succeed or you can do your own way and learn the hard way. The book of Solomon, or the book of Proverbs, has been called one of the best guidebooks a young person can follow. And that's the truth. Because you want to know what? We're a bunch of idiots. Let's just get real. We don't know anything we think we do. It's funny. It's a funny thing. And you'll realize this, those of you who have already, you know what? When you move out of the house, or you know, when you... Uh, all of a sudden, one day you discover that your parents know a little bit more than you thought they did. The reason why they know a whole lot more probably twice as much or three times as much as in what you know. Even if you are smarter here, you are intellectually advanced over your parents, it does not matter. They know more than you. You may be able to comprehend things better than them, but they know more. Why? Because they've experienced 30 or 40 years already, 50 years already of experience under their belt. doesn't matter if they've lived a terrible life and messed up and messed up everything, then guess what? They have a great knowledge of what to show you not to do. If they've done everything right, they have a great knowledge of what to tell you on how to do things right. Solomon, the wisest man to ever walk the earth, has some great things to share with us. And so the greatest thing you could ever do, one of the greatest things John told us as we could ever do, is to ask old people questions. Ask them. Talk their ears off. Ask as much as you can. Be locked in. Understand their ways. Because you want to know what? I desire wisdom so bad at this age. I want to know. You want to know why I want to know? Because I don't have time to make mistakes in life. I really don't. I don't want to. I don't want to learn by experience. Man, I just, I'm bummed out for a lot of my friends. You want to know what? They know that maybe partying or doing all this stuff is what going, it's going to trash their lives. But guess what? They're not going to listen. They need to learn by what? Experience. They need to go and trash their lives and then come back and say, oh, and I'm just going to say, welcome back, my friend, praise the Lord. You know, who cares? Eh, forgiven. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I know. I don't care what you did. Forget it. Forgive it. Who cares? God holds nothing against me. I hold nothing against you. You wronged me? Who cares? I wronged God more than a million times and He's still forgiven me. That doesn't make any sense. And so I will forgive people in the same way. My friends, after I've told them time and time again, you want to know what you do when you sin? You are cutting yourself. You are bleeding to death. Just go slit your throat some more. Go watch yourself bleed. If that's what you want to do, you can. You have a free will. But you are going to end up learning by experience. You're going to be bummed out. It's a bummer, but that's how people got to learn sometimes. And I hate that. I do not want to learn by experience. I do not. And so if I can get, because you want to know it slows me down in life, it, it, and maybe the Lord is going to, it's just inevitable. It's going to happen. We're all going to have to learn by experience through some things. But, you can know the book of Proverbs 
Memorize the book of Proverbs. Memorize the entire thing. Know it word for word if you could. Exercise it within your, in, within your life. Don't be just hearers of the word. Be a doer. So wisdom is going to be given to us tonight. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 13, a, a passage that the Lord spoke to me just this last week very clearly. And I was blessed by it. And so I thought I'd talk to you guys a little bit about it. I was going to start Genesis today, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to inform them today, and then we'll start next week. But let's look at some Proverbs I'm just going to read some to you. We're going to break down some. We're going to look at some. But let the Scriptures minister to your heart. I love just hearing a reading of the Word of God. I don't hear that very often at all, ever, actually. Nobody reads the Scriptures to me. But I loved it. John would do that all the time to us. When we'd eat breakfast, he would stand there, and he would just read us the Psalms. He would just read just to let us soak it in. When we spoke, when we ministered to those handicapped kids when I was out in the desert, guess what? We would open up the scriptures and we would just read to them. Did they understand? No. They could not comprehend here, but they did hear. The word of God does not return void. And so their souls were being fed just as our souls are fed when we hear. You see, many times in the Old Testament, they would just open up the scriptures and guess what they would do? Just read it. You know the problem with a lot of preachers today? They do very little reading to the people and a whole lot of talking, just like me. It's a bummer. It's not good. You want to know why this is 100% inspired? If you just... Oh, Martin. 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 He's from New York. If you have a scripture worship CD, that's where you... The heck, brother? Are you serious, brother? He says those kind of things all the time. He's from New York. He's got a thick accent. But anyways, Martin, he's really shy, right? And we all had opportunity to give sermons and stuff like that when we were does it. Martin, guess what? One time... He, you know, it's his opportunity to give a sermon. He had about 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. He gets up. Guess what he does the whole time? He read the whole time. And everybody's just like, well, uh, you know, this is lame. You know, when are we going to get something? You know, like, come on, bring us something. And John said, and said, listen up, boys. That was the greatest sermon you're ever going to hear in your entire life. Want to know why? Because every single word was inspired by God. Every single one. He didn't miss a beat. It was a perfect message. Bravo, Martin. You did a great job. And that is why I want to read some to you, and I want to stop at certain places, but I want our hearts to be ministered to by the Scriptures. Take heed! Don't miss out! Some great wisdom about to come to us in this time. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Oh, I love it. The first verse is sick. Listen to this. A wise son hears his scorner, hears, I'm sorry, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Oh my. How many of us have committed this one? We don't listen to our parents, do we? You see, why? Because we think we've reasoned through we think we understand. But you, we've missed something here. A wise man, a wise son, heareth his father's instruction, whether it be good or bad. Do you want to know why? Because if you hear the instruction and do as they say, whether it's the right thing to do or not, guess what you've learned? Discipline, obedience, submission. A lot of people in the workplace today have problem with submitting to their bosses. They have a problem with submitting, obeying. 
Submission is not submission unless it's submission. Submission is not submission unless you have to submit. Is submitting always a wonderful thing to do? No. But it is the right thing to do. Submission is not submission unless you submit. So submitting may not feel in your heart like it's the right thing to do, but you submit anyways. You learn submission. You learn discipline in your heart. If you can learn that from your parents, whether it's the right thing they're telling you to do or not, guess what? You will become very successful in life. Because you have learned how to listen and be obedient to your employer, to your wife, to your husband, to people around you that instruct you. You constantly listen and you do. You don't just listen and throw it out the other ear. That's why the one who listens to his father's instruction is what? Wise. I love this. For some reason in the King James Bible here, the word wise there is in capital letters. And I don't know what that means, but I'd like to look that up. All capital letters. Wise. Verse 2. Oh, wait. We've got to look at the second half of that verse. But a scorner heareth not rebuke. A scorner, the fool, does not hear rebuke. Who's that? This man right here. This woman. Someone comes to you to correct you, to rebuke you for something you've done wrong. Somebody comes to tell you you've done something wrong, and guess what? You get angry. You get mad. I can't believe you said that about... I can't believe... I didn't do that. And you get angry inside. It's the biggest mistake you could ever do. You want to know why? It says in Proverbs, a wise man loves rebuke. Loves it. Do you want to know why? Because when someone brings something to you like Josh, you know, um, you've been, I've been rebuked many times. We'll see. Should I bring up one of my rebukes? Uh, let's see. You know, just, just not setting a good example, I guess. You know, just being a little bit over crazy. I don't know. You know, just a little too... Letting things, yeah, wild. Letting things happen, you know, just not taking, you know, uh, not being the, the the dad, per se, I guess, you know. I kind of let things get out of hand sometimes. I, I'm loose, you know, with, with my kids, you know, because I just like to have fun. I like to have a blast. I remember, like, oh, one time John, we were out there. John rebuked me because, you know, I was kind of leading the boys out there. A lot of them, they were looking up to me, most of them, because I was the oldest. And I went, and one of the girls one time, well, the girls, there, there was girls there on campus with us, and they decided to put Icy Hot over all of our bathroom stuff, our toilet, all over the knobs, everywhere, over everywhere, everywhere, yeah. They thought it was the funniest thing ever, right? So we're like, that's it, they're getting worked for this. We didn't have any wars or any of this stuff. No wars, it, it just wasn't happening, you know, because we were there, we were pastors in training, we we're supposed to be being there to be trained up by the king, you know. And so uh, I was like, okay, we're going to get them, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, but they're going Damn, you don't mess with it. You don't even know you're messing with it. You know, just all the pride and everything getting. And so guess what? This is what we do. They're in there. They do their, you know, morning routine, whatever, getting ready in their bathroom, you know, uh, whatever, taking showers, brushing their teeth, all that game. So this is what we do. We go and take a rope, and the door closes this way. You know, it's a pull door. So guess what we do? Wrap a rope around there. That's right. Go and tie it as tight as I can to a tree, the nearest tree. So guess what? They are locked in there. They ain't getting out. <laughs> this is a scary thing. Okay, so, you know, I, somebody comes and tells me the idea. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to get in trouble for this because we're not like, no vandalism, no nothing. This is perfect. This is a perfect idea. And then, um, so I'm, of course, 
I take full control and I just run over there just like tie this thing up as tight as I can. I got a couple of guys helping me. There's a ton of guys involved in the thing, right? We get into the classroom. Guess who, you know, the bathroom's up here, our classroom's right here, and John walks from his house all the way down this trail, walks around, so he's going to see this, right? But guess what? He doesn't see it. He doesn't see it for some reason. He walks in the classroom. Then one of our guys, one of our guys feels bad for the girls. And, oh, you know, praise the Lord. We don't want to call him a sissy, but he did the right thing, whatever. Anyways, he goes running out there. He goes running outside, and he, uh, he undoes the thing, and he just starts running out there, and John's like, what's going on here? And we're all, no! You know, like, everyone looks at him and yells, no. And John's like, what? And, he was, and then somebody was like, oh, we, uh, we, you know, we locked the girls in the bathroom because they put icy hot all over our stuff. And John was just like, all of a sudden stern, and just like, he just like, all of a sudden, we were in big trouble. I was just like, oh no. Oh no. And I was supposed to be Mr. Leader, Mr. Big Dog, and we looked up to. And that's it. He just started railing us, just like, you guys are pastors. You guys are, what are you guys doing? You know, practical jokes, yeah, you know, but come on, what are you doing? When were they going to get out? We're going to be in class for about another hour and a half. When, who's going to let them out? This and that. And started just going off. And I'm just like, uh oh. And then, who did it? It's dead silent. No, no, no. Nobody raises their hand. Nobody would raise it. So I'm just like, dude, I'll take it. So I raised up my hand or whatever, and then he's just looking at me like this. And then, and the other guys wouldn't raise their hand for some reason, but eventually they do. The guy whose idea it was cocked out, didn't raise his hand. All the guys are just like, dude, what a scumbag. I can't believe he didn't raise his hand. You know, he didn't take the blame at all. But So I took the hammer, you know, I took it. And, um, I just wanted to go and cry so bad, I really did, because I felt like I let down the king, I felt like I let down my brothers, I let down John, you know, and I just, I was so broken inside, but John came out, there was so much animosity at first, I had all this retaliation, like all the, all the, the built up rebuttal that I had in my mind, oh, I'm going to say this and say this and say this and get myself out of this whole thing, watch this. But I felt the Lord start to work in my heart and says, you know, a wise man loves rebuke, you accept this rebuke, you don't need a, no rebuttal needed. You accept it, and so I went outside and John just started, you know, just hammering me, yeah, he didn't really hammer me, but... He said, am I being a Pharisee? He told me, he said, am I being a Pharisee because, you know, I'm being strict on you guys about this or what? And I said, no, you're not. You know, you're not being legalistic. You're not being, it's, it's right. You know, you, you, we're called to a higher statue, you know, especially if we're going to be leaders. Um, what we do, everybody's going to do a little bit below that. And so whatever we do, we need to set ourselves higher above because if I go and smoke, then somebody's going to go and smoke some weed or something. If I go and do this, then somebody's going to do a little bit lower, you know. And so... We have to set ourselves higher, and, and, and I got rebuked. But the thing is, is a lot of times, I'm telling you, there's been times in my life when I felt like I wasn't wrong and a rebuke came to me. Guess what? I started to get bummed out inside, like, ooh, I got all kinds of stuff to cover my hide. I got all kinds of stuff to really, really, I can't even believe they're bringing that to me. I had nothing to do with that. What are they talking? That's it. But the wise man loves rebuke. So the right thing to do is this. You know what? Thank you so much for rebuking me. I'm so happy that I have a brother who loves me, who if some, for some reason sees something wrong, I in myself know that I'm not doing anything wrong, right? But other people are looking at me and thinking that there's something being done wrong. So, what can I learn from this? I need to correct something. There's something that needs to be dealt with. I do not want other people to be looking at me and seeing this, so whatever it is, I need to go and make sure make, make things better. That's all there is to it. But I didn't do anything. I know. You didn't do anything wrong. That's right. But somebody is upset because of something you did. So you do the best you can to make it right. That's all you can do. You build the bridge the best you can. You don't get angry. You don't get mad. You can learn something from every single rebuke. A wise man loves rebuke. If you get angry when somebody rebukes you, you're a fool.
what the Bible tells you. Pay attention. Stay focused. Stay locked in. When somebody rebukes, say, thank you so much that you care about me enough to rebuke me. Watch the expression on their face change. Because they came there to hammer you. They came there to put you down and make you feel dumb. But when you say, thank you so much that you're such a good sister or brother that you would love on me in that way, and encourage me to do the right thing, I wish we had more people like you. And watch their heart break right before your eyes. A wise man loves rebuke. Start reading. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You know who that is? Verse 3, that's the person who talks a lot. It's one of my problems. Is I don't know when to keep my mouth shut. I, I talk too much. I say too much. And it says, the man that keeps his mouth keeps his life. The one who's quiet and doesn't say much and just keeps to himself is meek. But one does speak sharp, piercing, like Jesus. Didn't say much. But when he said something, what happened? Everybody heard it. It was quick and sharp to the heart. The man who talks a lot and says much, can't keep his mouth shut, guess what? Destruction comes to him. And me too. Verse 4, The soul of a sluggard desireth, and has nothing, but the soul of a diligent shall be made fat. The soul of a sluggard, a lazy man, the soul of a lazy man, guess what? He desires a whole bunch. It's the man who what? Says, I want to be rich. I want to get quick rich. I want to do this. I've got a bunch of ways to try to make it work. But guess what? He has nothing. You want to know why? Because he's lazy. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Gosh, you know, I can't believe, you know, you can't get a job anywhere unless you want to work 40 hours a week. Hello. Yeah, 40 hours a week. That's what everybody works, you know. He desires much, but he has nothing. Because he's lazy. But the soul is diligent. It's discipline. How do you receive discipline? By listening to your parents. Submission is not submission unless you submit. Learning that. Being diligent. Guess what? That man is fat. In what way? Not big bodily, but in the soul, of course. In their mind, in their heart. With riches, with things that they have. Because they've been diligent. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness keeps him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is that makes himself rich, yet has nothing. There is that makes himself poor, yet has great riches. Who is this? Well, it says there, there's a man who makes himself rich, yet he has nothing. The rich young ruler, do you remember him? The rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says what? I've kept all the commandments. He says, go sell all your possessions and follow me. Couldn't do it, could he? A man who has everything, supposedly. Maybe Eminem. Maybe Bill, uh, Bill Gates. They say he's a Christian. But Donald Trump. Donald Trump, amen. It's a great illustration. A man, supposedly, or Hugh Hefner. Supposedly who has everything. Any man's dream. But guess what? He really has nothing. Because you never see a 
a hearse with a U-Haul truck strapped behind it. You want to know why? Because you can't take anything with you when you die. So you're not taking anything. But there can be a poor man who has nothing but really is very rich, who has everything. Who's that? That's Jesus, our King. That's our Lord. He was rich and he became poor. I love that. I would love to be able to show that in my life too. For some reason, for people to be able to look at my life and say, the man doesn't have much. But there's an unspeakable joy coming forth in his life. He has more riches than any man. Amen. Verse 8, The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoice, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride comes contention, but with the well, advice is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I love that. Verse 13. Whosoever despises the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the command shall be rewarded. Do you hear that? This is very important. Whosoever despises the word of God shall be destroyed, but he that fears the commandment shall be rewarded. I promise you that. If you fear the Lord and you fear God, you will be rewarded no matter what you do. You must understand this. I, I, I didn't understand motivation why not to sin a lot of times. There is no motivation in my heart not to sin. I'm not hurting anybody else. I'm not doing this. There's lots of things that I could pull off, you know, by you know, lying. And, you know, maybe it's not hurting them, it's actually hurting myself. Or maybe girls and messing around in a relationship. Or porno stuff online. Or, you know, who knows? All kinds of things that we can do. Gossip. It hurts somebody else, but we don't see ourselves being hurt at the same time. A lot of times we'll say something, we don't think it's hurting anybody, but it really is. A lot of times... We don't see that holiness is happiness. I'm telling you this. Holiness is happiness. When you live for the King and everything you do, and you want to be righteous because He's been good to you, happiness comes. It follows. I promise you that. It's not a burden. Happiness follows in such a rich and real way. The man who follows the Word of God will have much. But he who does, despises the word will be destroyed. I promise you that. And I am bummed because of that. You know why? Because look at all of our friends and family. Look at all the people who are just despising the word who don't care. Gosh, my heart breaks. Because I want them to be happy. I want them to have real joy in their hearts. Man, I have had a lot of happiness in my life and I, I'd like to give it away. I pray sometimes for my brothers, like, Lord, you can take, you know, like, take like 20 hours of happiness and I'll take their bummed out time or downtime because I want them to experience that happiness, that joy in their lives. And I remember when I used to be in a relationship, I, 
I used to look at this girl and I used to just be like, man, I want her so bad to seek after the Lord in the way I do. And sure, she was chasing after the king with the best that she knew how. But I wanted her experience in the way that I was and I knew that she wasn't. And I was scared that when she got to heaven, maybe she wouldn't have much treasure in heaven. And so I always say, Lord, I, is there, I wanna, can I build treasure for her in heaven? Maybe you could take some of mine and, 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 and dump it over there. Because I wanted her to have that and be happy inside. And I desire that for so many of my friends. I wish I could work for them. I wish I could just serve the king for them. But I can't. The best I can do is what I do to you in this time, my friend. That's all I can do, Jay. Bobby, that's all I can do for you is tell you guys. That's all you can do for me is tell me and encourage me and motivate me. But we need to help each other. And I'm going to do the best I can for my buddies who have fallen away and are running in the world and doing I'm going to chase them down like the patriot with an axe. And I'm going to hammer somebody to the enemy. No, who's going to stop? Who? Nobody. Is that the king with me? The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Verse 15, good understanding gives favor, but the way of transgressor, the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is healed. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, O man. But he that reward that he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Did you hear that? This is very important. Did you hear that? Poverty and shame. Poverty, that's poor. And shame shall be brought upon the man or the woman that guess what? Does not listen. Does not take instruction. I ran into a guy a couple of weeks ago. His name's John B. Or John G, I'm sorry, John G is his name. Over at Harupa Park. We're hanging out. And John G. would not listen to a word I said. He came and approached me. And he was on drugs, on speed. He was wigged out. And he had a bunch of beer in his bag. And he wouldn't listen to me. And I started getting frustrated because my buddy Eric's with me, Kevin's with me, and uh, Brandon Frank's with me. And they're just kind of listening to the conversation and I'm trying to point to this guy trying to help him and he's not listening. He just keeps interrupting me. He keeps acting like he knows everything and he doesn't want, he's asking for help but then he doesn't want to listen and receive help. And so eventually I just get mad and I say, Hey! Hey! I am trying to help you right now and you are not listening. You do not listen and that is your problem in life. Many people have told you things. Many people have tried to help you but you will not listen and so in the end, you, your life will be destroyed. That's all there is to it. And that's why you're in the place that you are right now. And guess what? He blew up and he got mad. He said, okay, I'll listen to you if you listen to my rap. That's what he said. So he rapped for the next five minutes. I listened. I didn't say words. And it was, it was hardcore, solid Jesus stuff. I mean, full-on scripture, 
probably some of the best rapping I've ever heard from a white guy. I'm dead serious. And if I had mixes, I would put him on a CD. This guy's sick. He really is. I used to listen to a lot of gangster rap, like my freshman and sophomore year, and I used to get mad because all Christian rap is lame, dude. It's like the, the worst stuff I've ever heard in my life. Stuff like when I want to get it out of here. It's, it's pathetic. But anyways, I was, so I listened to his rap. And then and he said, as long as I get to rap, that's how long you get to talk. And I said, okay. And guess what? I start talking. Guess what he does about a minute into it? Interrupts me again. I said, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to help you anymore. The king is here for you. If you want to call upon his name, he'll help you. I think he sent me as a messenger to try to come and help you. I'm reaching out to you. I'm trying to encourage you, minister to you. I'd like to find a place for you to stay. I'd like to help you to job. Whatever it takes, I want to help you. I believe God's placed me in this place to help you. You do not want to hear it. Forget about it. I'm outie. He says, wait. Would you pray for me? He says, you guys are Christians, right? You guys will pray, right? You know, being... So yeah, I'll pray. I said, brothers, get over here. We're going to lay hands on it. And we did. And I prayed. And I asked the Father to speak to his heart in such a clear way. And guess what? All of a sudden, Miss Feed just walks away from his life right there in that moment. It's like he sobered up. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know that you guys were for real. You know, you guys are really nice. And you're really trying to help me. I'm so sorry. I said, what can I do to help you? He said, you know, um, maybe can you come pick me up at 5.30 tonight and, uh, and take me to a shelter? And I said, yeah, I'll come pick you up. He said, really? I'll, I'll be here. You better, you better be here. 5.30, I'll be here. I said, you can come to church tomorrow morning. I'll come pick you up and take you there if you want. Really? Yeah. Dude, why are you doing that for me? Man, that's what we do. We're brothers. All of a sudden, a change happened in the man's life. Guess what? He had a big malt liquor like this big, and then he gave it to me, and I poured it out right there in front of him, and and as I'm pouring, he's like, can I have a sip? Like, you don't want to sip. He's like, nah, I don't want to sip. And I poured it out for him. And John G. has been coming to my church, that's right, for now the last three or four weeks now. And he's got everything right. He's clean for the last four or five weeks. And he's been doing great. He calls me here and there, and just we celebrate the king together. But you want to know why? It wasn't until he listened in that moment that he heard. And you know what? I don't care if a baby is talking to you. God spoke through a donkey. You better open your ears. God may be trying to say something to you, but guess what? You got too many rebuttals in your mind and too much knowledge and information like you know everything. You can learn something from any man on the face of the earth, any woman, any person, any animal, truly. You need to, when you look at people, real quick, this is some wisdom right here coming to you, about to impart to you. Apply this to your life. Don't miss it. When you talk to people, a lot of times people look down on you. When you talk to people, never look down on anybody in this way. Because that's what we do. We compare ourselves to people. We see what we're better at. And that's how we compare ourselves. And that's how we feel okay at a lot of things in life. We look at people and find the things that they're not good at or what, how they don't know how to do this, don't do What I can do above them, well, guess what you need to do every single time you talk to somebody? You need to look and find that thing in their, li in their lives that they are better than you at. And you look in them and you find what, is what they are better at than you. And guess what? Respect will come like never before. And you'll look into their eyes and you'll listen clearly. You're not going to just... Oh, 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 oh. 
But all of a sudden, you'll start to listen in a new way, and you'll gain so much more information and so much more wisdom than you ever could. Gosh, I love listening to babies sometimes when they talk. Because they just believe. They just know. They don't question the king whatsoever. A wise man listens. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. No more talking. More listening. Let's finish this up. Verse 19, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Do you hear that? He that walks with wise men shall be what? Wise. Wise. Do you want to be wise? Then walk with who you know is wise. Hang around them. If John Corson was in the city, I'd be strapped to his hip. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him push me away. John, can I go to lunch with you? No, Josh, you've asked me ten times this week. I told you today, we're going to meet on Friday. Yeah, but I just want to... Because the man is wise. There's friends that we have, right? We know who are wise. We have older people that we look up to that we know that are wise, that we hang out with. We have people that we know that are wise, that we need to get close to. He that walketh with the wise shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You hang out with fools, destruction's coming your way. My friends don't influence me. Aha, destruction is coming your way. You don't listen. You haven't listened. My friends don't influence me. I influence... No. No. No matter what you do, I promise you, destruction will come your way. The Bible says it. Is it wrong? Are you going to tell me it's wrong? It is not wrong. The Lord knows us inside and out. He created us. He knows what influences us and what doesn't. It doesn't matter what your brain says. It doesn't matter what you have reasoned out. The Bible says it, and so it will happen. I promise you that. Destruction will come your way if it already hasn't. It's come my way. I remember. Man, I remember my days. Freshman in high school. Sophomore year. I ditched 120 times in my, my French class. Couldn't believe it. I had 120 absences. No, I think it was, it was a combination of 120 absences, a combination of six classes you know, that I would ditch. My sophomore year, I was an idiot. You want to know why? Me and my buddy would go smoke weed all the time. We'd go hang out. We'd go to the liquor store. We'd just go and do this, whatever. And then I realized what a loser I was. And I realized I thought I was the leader, but guess what? My buddy Travis influenced me the whole time. And he was the one following me. Pathetic. Thank you, Lord, that we have wisdom, huh? Thank you, Lord, that we get to correct our lives. Let's continue. Finish it up. Evil pursueth sinners, but the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Did you hear that? That's some quick financial wisdom for you. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, to his grandchildren. Did you hear that? A good man will leave money or an inheritance for his grandchildren. Important. The only way to learn that is what? To go back to verse 1. Listen to your father's instruction. Become disciplined. Become obedient. So you can work for your employer. So you can be diligent and receive a lot of things in life. Become successful in different things. And then what? Be able to impart these things to your children in one day and to your children's children, your grandchildren. Much food is in the tillage of the poor. But there is that 
is destroyed for want of judgment. I love this. O oh man, verse 24, He that spareth his rod hates his son, but he that loves him chasten him be times, many times. If you don't discipline your children one day, you hate them. If you do not discipline your child with the rod, you hate them. That's what the Bible tells you. And if your parents have not done that, I do not want to bring that on you in this time and say that your parents hate you. I know they love you. I know they do. I know they do with all their heart. But it is a mistake not to discipline your children thoroughly. I wish my dad would discipline me more. He used to take up the belt, strap us, man. We get worked. One time I got a Nintendo cord. That's right. My grandma used to take switches. We used to have to garden with my grandma. We worked in the garden before we could go out and play every day. She grew up on a farm, so whatever she had to do when she was young, we're doing it. We learned how to rototill the ground with a shovel. Two shovel heads deep is a rototilled ground, and that's when you can start planting. I don't know why you need to know that, but praise the Lord. <laughs> but, that's right. I remember, I remember clear as day, man. We were walking, my brother Jesse kept running out in the street. She said, Jesse, you run out in the street one more time, you're getting switched. He ran out in the street again, guess what? She went and grabbed the switch off a tree. We were walking on the street, just taking our daily walk. That's right, she sw- strapped him right there. Just, you know, that's it. But you know what? It's a statistic. They say that most, I think it's like 90% of guys who don't get caught, after a while, um, people who get let out of prison and they go and commit another crime, guess what they end up doing? They end up going back to prison. Or people who have committed lots of crimes, guess what they'll do? They end up killing themselves or they'll end up turning themselves in to go to prison for life. Because you want to know why? They want a repercussion. This soul longs to be disciplined. This soul longs to be set free. If you do not receive repercussion for what you have done, guess what happens? Guilt builds up. Animosity inside. You start to feel guilty and this this heaviness because you've gotten away with so much. And you feel dirty and you feel nasty and you feel like you need some repercussions. You feel like you need to be disciplined. So this soul, this body needs to be switched. I need it. It's good for a child to be disciplined. And the parent who loves their kids will discipline them. And if you're being disciplined, you better praise your parents. You better say thank you. Maybe you need to go home tonight and say that, hey, thank you so much for disciplining me tonight. I learned tonight the reason why you disciplined me is because you love me. You've been a good dad. You've been a good mom. You, I don't like it a lot, but I understand why you do it. You're a good parent. You truly do love me. You don't hate me. And the last verse, the righteous eats to satisfy of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. It's the truth. And Lord, thank you as... Man, Lord, you're so good. Jesus, you've written that, written that chapter for each one of us. For tonight. I believe it spoke to many of us, King. It spoke to my heart. Please, don't let these words depart from us. Please. I do not want to forget, Lord. I don't want to learn by experience. I want to know now. If that be your will, Lord, would you be so gracious to give a sweet gift from from heaven, Lord. Drop it down on us. Fill us with your Spirit that we can discern between left and right, right and wrong. That we can know what is white and black, Lord. 
that we can have great wisdom come forth from our mouths when we speak to our friends. That we can help them to see that they're just destroying and messing up their lives, Lord. Have your way in us tonight, Jesus. Here we are. Lord, here we are. Here am I. Have your way in us. We need you, and we need your wisdom. Don't let us forget. Let us apply and be doers of this. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.